We're going to uh, take our Bible out this morning, and I'd like you to turn if, with me if you would. I'm going I'm to locate in my Bible a, a different verse. I, I want you to try to go to uh, the verse I'll have you start out, and I'll read a different verse. But I want you this morning, if you would, to go to Matthew 25. Start out in Matthew 25, if you would. And uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, before our Scripture assembly, I had started a, what, I, what I believe is going to be, unless God changes my heart or gives a different direction on this, what I believe is going to be a, a short, uh, a, a small series of messages that we're doing on Sunday morning. And it is with the thought of uh, being a, a faithful steward of things that God has given to us. And it goes along with our theme this year. I've been trying to preach on Sunday morning along with our theme that's uh, behind me here on the wall of always abounding. And that verse comes, or that thought comes from the verse in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, where the Bible says we're to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, in this little short series here that we're doing, starting back a couple of weeks ago, we, we, we preached the first message in this little series. And again, if God continues to direct my heart this way, I have several other thoughts that I believe that he's laid on my heart to give you. But I, I wanted to uh, challenge us to be always abounding in faithful stewardship, that we would be always abounding in faithful stewardship. And there's a verse that I wanted to read that I read a couple Sundays ago when I first started this series out. And I wanted to read it again this morning. And the verse that I'm going to go to is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. But if you want to, if you'd take the time to look there in, in Matthew chapter number uh, 25, we're going to get to that in just a minute. But we, a couple Sundays ago when we started this out, we defined what a steward was. If I want to be a wise steward or I want to have wise and faithful stewardship in my life, what is a steward? And the definition that we gave you for a steward is a person who is to carefully watch over something that has been entrusted to him. And so if you would say, I'm a steward, you would say that I'm taking something that belongs to somebody else, something that they have entrusted to me, and I want to be the person who carefully watches over it and stewards it well, manages it well for the person who owns it. And there are some things that God has blessed us with that we need to have wise stewardship with. And uh, we're going to talk about one of those today. Now last, or two Sundays ago, before we had again our scripture assembly weekend, uh, we preached about being a faithful and a wise steward of the time that God has given to us. God has given us all an equal amount of time as far as in a day and in a week and in a year. Now, I know the time in our lifetime varies. We understand that. And by the way, we ought to certainly look at life as a time that will one day come to an end. And so we have to make sure that we are certain about eternity because our time on this earth will come to an end. We, we went to uh, the youth conference yesterday in, in, in Frederick and had, had, a, had a blessing of being able to hear some good preaching yesterday and blessing to spend time with some good friends that we have over there at Ambassador Baptist Church and good meal they provided for us. Well, we went out to after, this, after the, the, the last preaching time, we, we, went, we walked from the building that they have to a, a park that lays to the side of the church there. The church that we were at is connected right beside Baker Park over in Frederick, if you're familiar with Frederick and all, and Baker Park over there, where there's another park that kind of sets off to the side of the church, and uh, we went there and played some basketball right before we uh, went uh, and got in the vehicle and came back home, but when we got done playing basketball, 
Uh, one of the evangelists that was there, there was two evangelists that were there yesterday. And uh, these two evangelists uh, walked up to a man that was sitting on the park bench there. And uh, I could overhear their conversation. They asked him an important question. They said, are you 100% sure that when your time on this earth comes to an end, that you'll spend eternity with Christ? And they were able to talk to him about his eternity. We're, our, again, our, our, the, 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 our days are numbered. The Bible talks about how that we're not to boast ourselves of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And so our time on this earth will come to an end. So we've got to make sure our eternity is settled. Uh, I'm thankful to say that that man shared with them a time in his life where he had prayed and he had trusted Christ as his Savior. And he knew for sure he was on his way to heaven. And again, so because uh, time, the Bible says, is as a vapor that appeareth for a little while and vanisheth away, make sure our eternity is settled. But then today I want to challenge you with something else that God has given us, He's blessed us with, that we are to be faithful and wise stewards of. We talked about our time, but today I want to talk about our talents. God has given talents to those who are His children, and He wants us to use those talents, or we're going to talk uh, in light of them in Scripture being spiritual gifts as well. And we're going to talk about those talents and spiritual gifts that the Lord has given to us. And we're going to talk about how in His Word He encourages us to use those wisely for His honor and His glory. But the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2. Just as a springboard to get into the thought this morning, it says this, Moreover, it is required in stewards. Again, we define that word steward, a person who's to carefully watch over something that has been entrusted to him. So he says, Moreover, it is required in stewards. So this is a requirement that God gives to stewards. If you're a steward, if you uh, are managing something that you're to carefully manage, that somebody has given you, that's been entrusted to you, if you're a steward, God says there's something that's required of you. And notice what he requires at the end of verse number 2. He says this, that a man be found faithful. We're to be faithful stewards. Number one, we're to be faithful stewards of the time God has given to us. But number two, we're to be faithful stewards of our talents that God has blessed us with as well. We're going to look at a few thoughts this morning in some passages of Scripture, in, mainly in the New Testament of our Bible, that are going to help us to understand some talents that God has given to us, and maybe some answers, some questions about spiritual gifts that God has given to us that we are to use for His honor and His glory. Look with me, if you would, in Matthew chapter number 25. The first thing I want us to notice this morning is the parable of the talents. I want us to notice the parable of the talents that's given in Matthew chapter number 25. Now, as we go through a few of these verses, we're not going to have time to read every one of them, but as we go through a, th a few of these verses in Matthew chapter number 25, I want you to notice three thoughts that I believe would be an encouragement and a help to us this morning from this parable here in Matthew chapter number 25. Three encouraging thoughts from this passage that remind us to be a faithful steward of the talent that God has given to us. Look at Matthew 25. We're going to start reading in just a moment in verse number 14. But this parable is teaching us about stewardship. It, it's talking about the wise accountability of what has been entrusted to us. So we're to be wise in, as far as the accountability of that which has been entrusted to us. We're going to be accountable one day uh, and, and give an account of that which has been entrusted to us, or the talents that God has given to us. And notice he uses a parable to help us with this. A parable is an earthly story that has a heavenly meaning. 
So this story is going to help us because it's a story that we can relate to. It's an earthly story, but it's going to have a heavenly meaning. And a heavenly meaning that is going to be given to us today, again, is teaching us about stewardship. And the fact that we're going to be accountable one day, and we want to be wise when it comes to the accountability of what we have been entrusted with. So the first thought that I want you to notice in this parable, we're going to see in verse number 14. And the first thought is this, that God equips us with talents that we can use for Him. Number one, the first thought we want to get from this parable this morning is that God equips us with talents that we can use for Him. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. Now that man in this parable pictures God. So it is rep uh, it's a representation of God this morning. So we've got this man, or represented by God, that is traveling into a far country who called his own servants. Now by way of application for the message this morning, we're going to look at this servant as a steward as well. He is going to be a manager of something that has been entrusted to him. He's not the owner of it. He is the manager of it. And by the way, is there not a difference with that? God is the owner of everything. God owns everything you have. He is the owner of it all. And by the way, happy day, happy day in your life when you get to the place that you understand that. That God owns it all. He just entrusts us to be wise stewards of everything that He has blessed us with. So this is a servant. This is a steward who has to answer and be accountable to a master that's going to entrust him with something. So the first thought that we're going to see this morning is that God equips us with talents that we can use for Him because notice the end of verse number 14. Who called His own servants and delivered unto them His goods. Now let me pause here for just a moment. I'm going to go a different direction just for a second to help us to get back to this thought about the fact that God has equipped us with things that we can use, talents that we can use uh, to serve Him in great ways. The thought that I want to share with you this morning, just by way of a side thought this morning, is that as Christians, every one of us, if we're saved, if we, have, if we have a time and a place, we can say, I've gone back to a time and a place in my heart and mind where I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. We're saved. We're Christians. We're children of God. As Christians, every one of us all share the same purpose when it comes to evangelizing the lost world. Every one of us ought to be evangelizers, meaning we ought to be busy telling others about the faith that we put in, our, in, in Christ ourselves and sharing that with somebody else. Just like we gave example of yesterday at the park, how these evangelists were able to come up to this man and share the gospel with him. So that's something we have in common as Christians. Every one of us share the purpose of evangelizing the lost world. But God also individually does something special in each of our personal lives. So he gives us a task as a whole that we're all to do. But then individually, he uniquely gives us gifts that we can use to be a blessing in the local church. So the first thought this morning is that God equips us with talents that we can use for him. We see this in the parable that man being the representative of God as the owner and he leaves to the stewards or the servants his goods. Now look at the second thought that we see in verse number 15. Notice verse 15 if you would. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey. So according to verse number 15, 
He gave out talents according to their individual abilities that they had. And then he left and he went on his journey. Notice verse 16. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. So now he has ten, right? Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. We're going to pause there in verse number 18. I want to give you the second truth. So number one, we said God equips his children with talents that they can use for him. Here's the second thought this morning. God also entrusts us. So he equips us with talents. But number two, he entrusts us to use wisely the life and the talents that he has given to us. By the way, each and every one of us, this is not a statement that's going to shock you now this morning. Each and every one of us have one life to live, don't we? We have one life. Now, if we would think about that one life that God gives us, that one life that he has blessed us with, there are various lengths of time, right? Some may only live to be in the years of, of childhood. Some may live to their teenage years. Some may live to their young adult years and on and on. We know that there are various times or lengths of time as far as life is concerned. But there are also various lengths of uh, and, different, and, and different gifts that God gives to people. There are also different opportunities that God blesses people with. What I'm trying to say is this, that even though we may not know exactly how long we're going to live on this earth, because God gives to us various and differing gifts and opportunities, He has also entrusted us to use that one life that He has given to us in a wise way. We're to be faithful. Notice what was given out here in verse number 15. The Bible tells us this servant gave, or excuse me, this master gave to the servants talents. Now, in the Bible and the passage of scripture that we are dealing with here, a talent would be considered a sum of money. So he's giving to them a talent. Matter of fact, one talent in this passage of Scripture in the Bible days would have been equivalent to 6,000 work days. So if it was 6,000 work days, that would mean it would be up to 19 years wages. One talent would have been worth a lot. So this man gave, again, according to their individual abilities, he gave them talents and they were to use them wisely. Well, when we're speaking of this parable, the talent for us, though deals or talks or speaks of the skills or the natural God-given abilities that God has given to us. Or we could go a step further and even talk about spiritual gifts that God has blessed us with. He has blessed us with talents, spiritual gifts that God equips us with. And then he entrusts us to use those spiritual gifts that he gives us wisely in the life that he gives us to use them. So... Uh, something then of value is to be used to make a difference. I hope that makes sense to you. So in this passage of scripture, we would think about a sum of money that was, be, that was to be used. It was a value, but it was, be, it was to be used to make a difference. You're to take this and I'm entrusting you with this, to, to, to be wise with it, to be faithful with it. Well, think about a talent or a spiritual gift that God has given to you. It's something of value that you are to use to make a difference with. God wants you to use the spiritual gift He has blessed you with to make a difference in this world. Now can I say this? Verse number 15 teaches us the great truth. Everyone got something, didn't they? 
when the master walked away and he went on his journey, everyone got something. The one man got five talents. The other man got two. The last man in the story got one. Everyone got something. And we're going we're gonna to learn that as we go through here this morning, that God blesses every Christian with something when it comes to spiritual gifts. And we'll talk about that just in, in, in a moment in another passage that we're going to use in the New Testament of our Bible. Now, in addition to spiritual gifts that God gives us, isn't it a blessing to know that there are other things that God gives to us? He, he gives us the intellect that we have. He gives to us the possessions that we have. Again, all of these, he's the owner of all of them. But he gives them all to us, and we're to be faithful, wise stewards of them. He also gives to us opportunities. He blesses us with opportunities. So even in addition to the talents, the skills, or the natural God-given abilities and the spiritual gifts that he gives to us, he gives even farther and greater and beyond that, doesn't he? Oh, what a great and a mighty God we serve. Think about these stewards who were given these talents. They were to be responsible with what was entrusted to them and then I want you to notice the third thought this morning in Matthew chapter 25 now. The third thought starts in verse number 25. We said, number one, that God equips his children with talents that they're to use for him. We said, number two, he entrusts us to use the life and the talents that he gives us wisely. Number three is this, that God evaluates the use of our talents so he equips us, then he entrusts us to use them wisely, and then he lets us know, hey, I'm going to evaluate one day how you use them. Now that sobers us, doesn't it? That makes us get a little serious there. If God's going to evaluate this, then I've got to make sure I'm wise with it. I want to be a faithful steward if God's going to evaluate it, right? Notice what happens in verse number 19, if you would. Verse number 19 of Matthew 25. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh. So now, the one who is picturing God, the Lord, the master, the man, who had all of these possessions, he is coming back. And notice what the Bible says at the end of verse number 19. And reckoneth with them. That word reckoneth means, again, he's checking up on this. He's evaluating how they have used what they have been entrusted with. Now notice number, verse number 20. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, notice the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Verse 22, he also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Verse 24, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strewed. And we'll stop at verse number 25. Notice the words he said. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. One took his talent and he multiplied it, right? The second took his talent and he multiplied it. The third took his talent and he buried it. He hid it, right? God says I'm coming one day and I'm going to evaluate 
the use of these talents, these spiritual gifts that I have given to you. So the first thought this morning is we saw the parable of the talents. But just to help to encourage us today of how we're to wisely be a steward of the talents God has given to us, may I give a few more thoughts as I close this message this morning. Number two, I want you to notice the provision of spiritual gifts. The provision of talents, we could say talents or spiritual gifts that God has given to us. So number one, we saw a parable on it. And we saw in that parable that he equipped us with talents. And then he entrusts us to use them wisely. And then he says, hey, one day I'm going to evaluate those talents and reckon with you and check with you and see if you've used them wisely. Well, the second thought I want us to notice this morning is the provision of spiritual gifts. Take, take your Bible with me, if you would, to the second passage of Scripture I want us to look at this morning. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and notice what the Bible says, if you would, once you've located 1 Corinthians chapter 12, notice, if you would, what the Bible says in verse number 1. Verse number 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know what Paul's saying there to the church of Corinth? He's saying, I'm going to tell you what God wants you to know about spiritual gifts so that you don't have to wonder about them. I'm going to help you to know what God wants you to do when it comes to a spiritual gift. Now, can I real quickly, we're talking about God providing spiritual gifts for his children. Can I real quickly give you two definitions that I want to give you for a spiritual gift? And the reason why I want to give you two is because I think each of them holds some, some value. And so I'm going to give you two definitions that I want you to really concentrate on when we think about what is a spiritual gift. If God has provided this for me, what is a spiritual gift? Well, the first definition I want to give you is this. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability that is given by God with grace. Now, let me pause there for a moment to say this. Why do we include the word grace? Some people call the gifts, they would say gifts that are God's graces. Now, why would we call them God's graces? Because these are things that God enables us to do that we don't deserve. God enables us to serve Him in great and mighty ways, and it's by His grace that we get to do it. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor, right? When God gives to us something we do not deserve. So it's a supernatural ability that's given by God. So it's not something you could just say, well, I, I was born with this. I was just, this is just the way I was born, and that's why I have this spiritual gift. No, God has given it to you, and He's given it to you by His grace through the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, when you ask Christ to be your Savior, He comes to live within you. So God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, is living within you. And He is the one that is going to enable you to take this spiritual gift and use it for the honor and the glory of the Lord. So a supernatural ability given by God with grace through the Holy Spirit to the believer at the moment of salvation. So here's what we would say. At the moment you are saved. If you can, in your heart and mind, go back to the time and the place where you trusted Jesus as your Savior. The moment you trusted Him as your Savior, that was the moment that God gave to you that spiritual gift that He wants you to use for His honor and His glory. Now, here's another definition that might be helpful to us. A spiritual gift is a divine empowerment. Now, the reason I wanted to include this definition is because I want you to realize that a spiritual gift is a gift that God gives to you where He gives you the power to perform it. It's not as if we could say in our own strength we're able to do this. No, God empowers us by His Holy Spirit to be able to, uh, to, to, be able to equip us with that spiritual gift and then enable us to use it for His honor and His glory. So it's a divine empowerment from God's Spirit which enables the believer 
to serve God through the local church in a specific and a special way. God empowers us with these spiritual gifts to use them in the local church in a specific way, but also a special way also. God has, through His Holy Spirit, has given us these spiritual gifts. Look in chapter 12, if you would. Look at the first part of verse number 8. First part of verse number 8. Ready? Here we go. For to one is given by the Spirit. We'll pause there for just a moment. That's the part of the verse that I wanted to read to let you know that these spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit of God. Look at verse 9, if you would. The end of the verse. Notice the end of the verse 9 says, By the same Spirit. So who is providing the spiritual gift for me? What is the provision of the, of the spiritual gift? It's been provided by the Holy Spirit of God. Look at verse 11. Down to verse number 11 in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. That word dividing has the, word, has the idea of the word assigning. The Holy Spirit assigns or gives these spiritual gifts to us. So who is the one that provides them? They are provided by the Holy Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit provides us with the abilities to serve God so that we can do it more effectively. See, I can try to do it. I can try to serve God in my own strength. And I can try to use something that I feel is a skill that I have. But that's not what God desires. He wants us through the power of His Holy Spirit to take the spiritual gift He has given to us. He's equipped us to use that for the work of the Lord so that we can serve Him more effectively. Now, the first thing I wanted you to notice as far as the provision of the spiritual gift is that it's given by the Holy Spirit of God, but it is chosen by God. God is the one who chooses it. And, 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 and notice this. Look with me, if you would, at verse number 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again. But all these work at that one and the selfsame Spirit, look at this, dividing to every man accordingly. What are the last three words? As he will. As he will. So the Holy Spirit gives it to us. God is the one that chooses it. So I'm not choosing what my spiritual gift is. I don't look at the passages of Scripture in the Bible that speak of spiritual gifts. This is one of them, 1 Corinthians 12. There's another one in Romans. There's another one in the, in the book of Ephesians. I don't look at those passages of Scripture and say, well, that's the one I want right there. No, it's given by the Holy Spirit of God and God is the one who chooses to, to give us the gift he gives us. Look at verse 18, if you would, same chapter. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased who? Him, right? He's the one that makes the choice. And you say, well, why is that? Why would God be the one that makes the choices? Well, God's the one that makes the choices because he knows what's needed, doesn't he? See, he knows what's needed in our life to be able to be the, 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 most, uh, in the most effective way for us to serve him. He knows what's needed in our family. So he knows how spiritual gifts in a family can come together to get the work of the Lord done. He knows what's needed in our church, doesn't he? Because God knows, it's only right that we allow him to make the choice. God, you know what's best for me. You know what's best for my family. You know what's best for the church. So God, you give me the spiritual gift that you've determined for me. And then I want you to notice verse 11 again. Another great truth for us to remember. It says, but all these work at that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man. The words every man there. And it goes back to something I told you I was going to tell you a moment ago. Every Christian possesses at least one spiritual gift. At least one spiritual gift. Every Christian possesses it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's provided it for us. 
God has chosen what he wants us to have. By the way, many Christians possess more than one. Many Christians, God is equipped with more than one spiritual gift that they can use for the honor and glory of the Lord. Now, no one possesses every one of them. So you wouldn't look at the 18 spiritual gifts that are given throughout the Bible and say, well, I, I have every one of those. No, some have more than one. No one possesses every one of them. And I'll also make one more statement. There is not one spiritual gift that is given to every single believer. So God doesn't just take one and say, well, every believer is going to get this one. Matter of fact, the Bible speaks of that in verse number 29 in the same exact chapter at the very start of the verse. He says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? What's he letting us know? He's letting us know that these spiritual gifts don't apply to every single person, but God has given us at least one. Again, many Christians, more than one that they can use for his honor and his glory. Then look with me, if you would, at verse 4 for a second. We're just noticing some nuggets of truth here. Notice verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts. Look at verse 5. And there are differences of administrations. Look at verse 6. And there are diversities of operations. We saw the word diversities there. We saw the word differences there. What does that mean? That means that the spiritual gifts that God has provided is unique to each believer. Isn't it great to know that God has not only created you uniquely, but after you ask Him to be your Savior, He gave you a unique spiritual gift for you as a believer. Now, we said, number one, there was a par parable that we looked at. Number two, we saw some provision of spiritual gifts. But the third thought I want to give to you this morning is I want us to notice a picture of the spiritual gifts. I want us to notice a picture of the spiritual gifts. Now, we're right here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, and starting in verse number 14, the Lord in Scripture here uses a physical example to picture something spiritual. He gives us a portrait or a picture of something. He uses something physical to help us with something spiritual. Look at what he says in verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Now, notice he uses the physical body to help us to understand this. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Here's the physical illustration he's given to us. Would the foot be able to look, in verse 15 he says, would the foot be able to look to the hand and say, well, I'm not the hand, so I'm not real important in the body? No, because the foot is just important as the hand, right? Look at verse 16 if you would. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Each member serves a designed purpose when it comes to the physical body, but when it comes to the spiritual body as well, or the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as our physical body is made up of different and unique and separate members, so the body of Christ is made up of different and unique and separate members, again, all used for the purpose of serving the Lord. So spiritual gifts, what is the purpose of all this? It brings unity to the church. See, we're able to get the work of the Lord done as a whole when we use our spiritual gifts, right? Not everyone this morning was playing the piano, but we had some pianists, didn't we? Not everybody worked on the church bus this morning, but we had some bus workers. Not everybody was teaching Sunday school, but we had some Sunday school teachers who got the job done this morning. 
And when we all take the spiritual talent and gift that God has given to us and we use them together, there is unity in the church. There is unity in Christ. There is unity in the body of believers. And it's God's way of saying this. This ought to encourage you this morning. It's God's way of saying we need each other. We, we can't look at a member of our body and say, well, I'm dead, so I don't need the toe. No, God says we need each other, don't we? Matter of fact, verse number 20 of the same chapter we're in, it says this, but now are they many members, yet but one body. We need all the members of our physical body, and we need all the members of the church body, don't we? So we need each other. Every member and every gift within the membership of a church is important, right? Matter of fact, at the end of verse number 22, he says that. He says, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are, what's the word? Necessary. We are all important, right? How dare we ever look at anybody and say, well, you're not needed. We're all needed, aren't we? And in the family of God, that's the way we look at it, right? We're all needed and we're all important. So someone once said this, not everyone can do everything, but everyone can do something for the glory of God and for the good of the ministry. So you would say, well, I can't do everything, but I can do something. And when I take that unique gift that God has given to me and I do something for God, it helps me to do what God would want me to do because that comes to the next thought here this morning, the purpose of the spiritual gift. So what's the purpose of it? If God has given us a parable about it and he has provided it for us and then he even gives us a picture when he compares it to our physical body, well, we would say, well, what is the purpose of this spiritual gift? Would you look at chapter 12 and verse number 7? What's the purpose of it? Look at what he says. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to, what's the next word? Profit. To profit with all. You say, all right, well, what is the purpose then of my spiritual gift? The purpose of my spiritual gift is to profit. You say, well, how am I going to profit? Well, can I give you a couple ideas? Number one, if you use your spiritual gift, you can glorify God. That's a profit. You're profiting when you're glorifying the Lord by using your spiritual gift. And then you can use your spiritual gift to edify the church. You can use your spiritual gift to edify others. When we use that word edify, we're thinking about building up. The Bible tells us that's why God even gives to a church preachers and evangelists. He says that in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, for the um, perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. God wants his body to be edified. And so how are we profiting by using our spiritual gifts? What's the purpose of all of it? Well, I want to bring glory to God, but I also want to edify the church. I want to edify others around me. And then your spiritual gift also equips you to serve God, to do something for him. So what is the purpose of the spiritual gift then? The purpose of the spiritual gift is to profit. It has nothing to do with anything selfish. It's not about me, right? It's not about saying, God, thank you for giving me that spiritual gift so that it can bless me. No, it's not about that at all. It's about using the spiritual gift that God has given me to profit somebody else to profit the work of the Lord, to be able to serve God with the spiritual gift. It's all, it all belongs to God. It's all to be used for His honor and His glory. And the last thought I want to share with you this morning, and we'll close, I want us to notice the pursuit of the spiritual gift. God has given us a parable. He tells us how spiritual gifts are provided. He gives us a wonderful picture. He gives us the purpose of the spiritual gift. But... What about the pursuit of the spiritual gift? Let's ask ourselves this question. 
how, how do I know what my spiritual gift is? And then, and then how, do I go about, how do I go about taking what I know of that spiritual gift and, and, and using it for the honor and the glory of the Lord? I want to show you a verse. And I hope this verse will be a help to you. It's in 1 Peter chapter 4. It's the last verse I'll read this morning. 1 Peter chapter number 4. Would you look at that quickly with me? 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10. Oh, this is going to help us. This is going to help us when we think of the pursuit of the spiritual gift. How do I pursue after it? How do I know what it is? How do I get to use it for God's honor and glory? Because that might be where you're at right now. That might be where you're at this morning. You might say, well, I know some of the things you taught about spiritual gifts, that God has provided it for me, and I know that He wants me to use it for Him, but I don't know how to get to a place where I figure out what it is and use it for His honor and His glory. That might be where you're at today. Well, notice what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He says, as every man hath received the gift. There we go. Number one, every man's going to receive it. Notice what it says, verse 10. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold, what's the next word? Grace of God. Remember I told you those spiritual gifts are given to us because of the grace of God. We don't deserve it, but God gives it to us by His grace. So you say, what do you mean when we say the pursuit of the spiritual gifts? I want you to be, I want you, first of all, what not to do with our spiritual gift. Here's what not to do. What are we not to do with our spiritual gift? Let's not neglect it. Let's not ignore it. You know, some have a spiritual gift, but they are simply not using it. They've neglected it. They've ignored it. They've acted as if it's not even there and they're not using it for the purpose of why God gave it to them to use. Let's not neglect our spiritual gift. So you say, all right, if that's what I'm not to do, then what am I to do? Well, first of all, I'd encourage you to discover what your spiritual gift or gifts are. First of all, discover what they are. You say, all right, all right, well, how am I going to go about that? Well, some things to be mindful of. How about earnestly praying? Earnestly praying and saying, God, if you in your word told me that you were going to, after salvation, give me a spiritual gift, can you help me to discover what that is? Not only earnestly praying about it, but seeking God. Seeking God. You say, well, hey, wait a minute. Isn't, isn't praying seeking God? But there's another way that we can seek God. We can seek God through his word. Get into his word. Study what his word has to say about spiritual gifts. Maybe above and beyond even what we've studied today and say, I want to discover it. I want to know what it is. And God, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to look into your word and I'm going to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit of God because he's the one that gives it to you. I'm going to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit of God to tell me what my spiritual gift is so that I can use it for his honor and his glory. Here's another avenue you can use to discover your spiritual gift. You can take what we call a spiritual gifts test. You say, well, how do I find one of those? You come and you ask me, I'll get you one of those. And it asks you some questions. You can answer some questions and it'll, it'll, it'll steer you towards the spiritual gift that God has for you that you can use for his honor and his glory. And then can I encourage you to do one more thing when it comes to discovering your gift? Serve God. You say, well, wait a minute. How is serving God going to help me to discover what my spiritual gift is? Because as you are serving Him, it just might be that He begins to reveal to you some ways that you are gifted as you're serving Him, some things you enjoy as you're serving Him, and it just might be a way of, for, for you to discover what your spiritual gift is. Hey, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. As I'm serving Him, I'm finding out this is something I'm enjoying. 
I'm finding out this is something that he is taking as uh, something that, that I'm gifted with and I'm able to use it for his honor and his glory. Let's discover what it is. But then if we're not going to neglect it, let's make sure we're using our spiritual gift. So if we've discovered what it is, let's use that gift for the honor and the glory of the Lord. You say, all right, how am I going to use that gift? Let's use it to be a blessing to others. Use the Spirit. If you discover what it is, let's use it to be a blessing to others. Let's use it to glorify God. Use your spiritual gift to help in the local church. There's ways that we can use our spiritual gift. So I'm going to ask you to ask yourself this morning a very important question as we bring our message to a close. And the important question is this. Ask yourself this morning, if you know what your spiritual gift is, number one, how can I use it? In the service of the Lord? How can I use it in His church? How can I use it to bring honor and glory to Him? And asking God maybe to, to, to reveal to you ways that you can do that. Ways that you can use that spiritual gift, that talent, so that you can be a faithful steward of it. Because one day, He is going to evaluate all of this. We are going to have to be accountable for how we use those gifts and talents that the Lord gave us. So I ask myself, how can I use that spiritual gift? Lord, would you help me to find it? And then how can I use it in the, in, in the service of the Lord? And then maybe there's somebody here today that already knows how you could use your spiritual gift, and yet you're neglecting to use it. Maybe even God's speaking to your heart right now of a way He wants you to serve in our church. There's something I know I can do. I know I can do it, not because you're boasting or bragging on yourself, but you know God's gifted you that way. And you say, I could do it for the honor and the glory of the Lord if I'll just be willing to let God use me that way. So maybe to answer, ask our, answer, ourselves, answer our, uh, some questions to our, for ourselves this morning of discovering that spiritual gift and using it for His honor and His glory. Now, every Christian ought to get to a place where we desire to honor our Master, Right? And one of the ways that we can honor our master, our savior, is to use the spiritual gifts that he has given to us. Now, I'm going to give you one more thought as we close here this morning, and it's a thought I don't want to dismiss. I want us to all evaluate or think of this in our lives when it comes to our spiritual gifts. A thought to remember this morning. If you get to a place where you say, I know this is the gift that God has given to me or gifts that God has given to me, and you have narrowed that down in your heart and mind to a particular gift that God has given to you, at the same time, there's something we need not forget. There's something we must always remember. That even though God has gifted you in a particular way, it doesn't mean that you cannot participate in something that every Christian should be doing. Let me give you some illustrations, some examples of this. One of the spiritual gifts that we read about in the Bible is giving. God gifts people in very unique ways. They're just givers. I mean, that is a spiritual gift that God talks about in His Word. Does that mean that if God has not given us that particular gift, then we should not be giving of our tithes and our offerings? Of course not. You know, God has gifted and equipped some people in the work of evangelism. And God calls people to be evangelists. Well, does that mean because God hasn't called you to be an evangelist that you shouldn't be telling anybody about Jesus? No. So just because God hasn't gifted you in a particular way doesn't mean you can't still use Ask God to provide ways that you can use things for His honor and His glory. There's a gift of mercy. Just because you haven't been, maybe uh, God hasn't particularly given you that gift of mercy doesn't mean you can't, as a Christian, still be a comfort to somebody who's sick and hurting. You say, well, I don't know that I can be a comfort to him because I don't have the gift of mercy. No, let's not look at gifts that way. 
God may give particular ones to us, but we all in the family of God can participate in what we ought to all be doing as Christians. So number one, have you trusted Christ as Savior this morning? If you've never done that, you've got to come to know him so that he can equip you with these spiritual gifts. And then number two, do you know what that spiritual gift is? And if you do, how can you use it for the honor and glory of the Lord? And if you do know what it is and you're not using it for the honor and the glory of the Lord, may he help us with this today so that we can be always abounding in the faithful stewardship of the talents that God has blessed us with. Father, I pray that you bless this moment of invitation now as we draw our service to a close.